Hello and welcome into the Pick'em Pod, brought to you by the Block M Podcast Network as we get into week eight of the college football season, back half of October on the way, and that means everything's starting to shape up a little bit in college football. Luke Yerdy here along with Von Lozon and Dan Plucker as we've got eight great games against the spread to bring you here this week. Taking a quick look to last week, huge week uh, for Dan and Von, both of those guys going six one and one against the spread rough week for me going three four and one against the spread and that now puts dan in the lead on the year at 34 24 and three while vaughn and i are tied two games back at 32 26 and three apiece as we start to hit the final stretch of the college football season boys what's going on how we doing tonight Dude, I'm I'm riding high off last week still, my man. Um, th- does your ass still hurt from the beating it took last week? I just want to make sure you're just, doing okay. I just with wanted it. to let you. I just wanted to let you catch up, Vaughn. I felt you were so far back <laughs> that you know I kind of felt bad. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. A six one in one week, I'll gladly take that any time. It's just unfortunate that Dan also put up a six one in one week. Otherwise, I could be in first. But I will take a tied for second. Uh, among three people so it's what i'm gonna have to live with and i'm sure dan is feeling ecstatic about last week's results too oh yeah that was awesome um i played every single one of the bets that i gave you last week and overall over the last week and a half i'm like 15 four and one on nfl and college football betting so i'm like riding a little bit high right now i'm not gonna lie uh looking forward to digging into some games this week because there are a few more picks i really like this week too Alrighty, let's get right into it. Odds via DraftKings Sportsbook, and we are picking them. Had some line movement right before uh, we started recording, so interested to see how this goes here. And we are going to go to the Big 12 in the battle down in Texas with the number eight Longhorns. They are visiting Houston to take on the Cougars. Vaughn, Texas, a 23.5 point favorite. How do you see this one shaping up? Yeah, it's a big spread to go on the road in conference, but I am going to take Texas to cover this spread. Uh, They've had a week to recuperate from that uh, hell of a game uh, against Oklahoma. A heartbreaking loss for them really blew it at the end of that one, but they've had a week to uh, regenerate and have off and kind of reflect on it. And I think this is a big get right spot for them. Houston, uh, defensively, not good this season. 95th defensively on S&P plus 59 overall. They've got a solid offense, so I do think that they're going to put up points, but I will take Texas to still cover the spread and uh, potentially take the over here as well. I could see this being like a 50-something to 24, 28-ish game. So I'll I'll ride with the Longhorns here. Dan, how about you, man? Yeah, I'm going the opposite way. Uh, Houston's coming off that insane win over West Virginia on the Hail Mary throw. Uh, and the last time Texas saw the field, they lost on the final play to that game in that game against Oklahoma. Now they've had to simmer on that for two weeks, and they're over three touchdown favorite on the road against Houston. Donovan Smith, Houston's quarterback, really figured things out the last three weeks. He's completing 75.9% of his passes, 882 yards and 10 total touchdowns in the last three weeks. They're 26th in offensive S&P Plus, right in that same realm as Alabama, uh, who's a number 19. I know this defense is awful, but I think Texas was going to put up points either way. I think that Texas could be 
could come out to a little bit of a slow start on the road. And the Longhorns win this game. I don't think that's in question. But Houston covers maybe in backdoor fashion, I think, at home. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Houston here as well, covering the points. Huge home dog. And at the end of the day, Houston's actually got a pretty good offense, man. They come in at number 26 uh, offensively in SP+. As we know, Texas has been inclined to start slow against inferior opponents. And I think that could come back to hurt them here a little bit more. We saw it happen in the Kansas game uh, against a backup quarterback. Texas ultimately covered, but took a little some weird things happening in the second half of that game to do so. Started slow against Wyoming as well. And as Dan just pointed out, Donovan Smith on the season, a little over 1,600 yards, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. I think Houston's going to be able to move the football and probably score a few touchdowns here, which puts the onus on Texas to have a huge offensive day to cover this massive spread. And I don't think they quite get the job done. I like Houston plus the 23 and a half. Now we go to the ACC. This is going to be an interesting one. This moved a full point from when I did my notes earlier in the afternoon uh, to where it sits right now. And that is Clemson. The Tigers, a three point road favorite as they visit South Florida headed to Miami, Dan. Yeah, we started that downfall uh, mid-season of the Miami Hurricanes that we typically see every year. Obviously, that unforgivable loss to Georgia Tech and then getting embarrassed at UNC last week. And I don't think it reflected how badly the Tar Heels beat them last week in that game. In the last two weeks now, Tyler Van Dyke has thrown five interceptions and just looks completely out of sorts. But... The U.S. still put up 450 yards of offense in each of the last two games. And they, like I said, they should have beaten Georgia Tech. I don't think that uh, they had any chance against UNC. I think that UNC is a lot better than what a lot of college football is uh, giving them credit for. Clemson, they just played against uh, Wake Forest, had a tight game against them. They might be the worst team in the ACC. And they have not really figured out anything on the offensive end. Miami's run defense, too, has been really good this season. 87.7 yards per game. I don't trust Cade Klubnick to throw the ball uh, just as much as I don't really trust Tyler Van Dyke right now. Clemson's 2-4 and four in their last six games as a favorite against the spread, and Miami's 1-0 and oh as a home dog this season after beating Texas A&M at home. I like Miami at home with the points here, and I did play them on the money line, plus 154 right now at DraftKings. Vaughn, how do you see it play out? I'm going to go the opposite here and take Clemson uh, with the three points. I will eat those three points gladly. Uh, Miami has yet to win an ACC game at home under Mario Cristobal, I believe was a stat that I read earlier today, which is kind of unbelievable if you think about it. Uh, they, uh, you know, that that game uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm still thinking about that Georgia Tech game. That was just awful uh, all around from Cristobal and the team. But uh Uh, These two teams are very close in SP plus, which when I was looking this up earlier, I was kind of baffled. Clemson's number 13 on SP plus Miami is 16, which was a total stunner for me. Uh, And and I think Kate Klubnick is actually going to be able to put up uh, some decent numbers in this game has kind of quietly put together a nice season. He hasn't thrown a pick since week two, and he's completing above 65% of his passes. I think that's going to be enough to defeat a mediocre Miami team on the road. Give me Clemson and the three points. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Hurricanes here. I definitely liked it at plus four 
Uh, down to plus three, I'm a little more weary of it, but I think Miami is a better team than we've seen uh, the last couple of weeks. Now, admittedly, I did not watch that game uh, against uh, or between Miami and North Carolina. I was on the road all day Saturday uh, last week, but so I'll, I'll kind of defer to Dan here. He probably watched it, saw the eye test, but I look at the box score. And that game was even closer than the 10 points, according to the box score, that the final ended up being. Uh, Miami, 0.3 less yards per play than North Carolina put up. Miami put up 482 yards to North Carolina's 508. Big difference in that one, four turnovers for the U. If they take care of the ball uh, against Clemson, I think they've got a real good shot to to score a lot of points here. As you mentioned, Vaughn, Miami coming in at number 16, SP Plus, with Clemson number 13. SP Plus actually projects this game about a uh, 0.3 point differential, uh, given that Miami is, ho- is at home. This is right at the key of three. Really liked it outside the key of three, but I'm still going to go ahead and grab the points uh, against a couple of evenly matched teams here. I'm going to go ahead and take the Hurricanes at plus three final or we now move out west where we've got washington state who probably put up the most stunning performance last week and not in a good way uh, against arizona they traveled to number nine oregon coming off that heartbreaking loss to washington and the ducks three touchdown 20 and a half point favorite vaughn yeah, they, they had a heartbreaking loss at Washington, and they are going to take all of that frustration out on Washington's in-state rival, Washington State, this weekend. I will take Oregon to win and cover the spread. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, Luke. Wazoo, they are on a downward spiral at this point. Got blown out 44-6 to at home to Arizona, and I believe they were eight-point favorites in that game. And that is just a horrible, horrible way uh, to continue the seat, which I thought they were having a pretty decent season up until that point. But that was just just downright terrible. So I, I think the Ducks get back on track with this game. And I talked about a get right spot for Texas a couple of games ago. I think this is a get right spot for Oregon. So they will win and they will cover at home against Washington State. How about you, Dan? Yeah, I'm going this way. Uh, Dan Landing had some coaching errors last week. I think he was a little too aggressive. It's hard to criticize a coach for being aggressive on the road against a top 10 team in a rivalry game like he was. So I don't really discredit him in any way, but a few different coaching decisions and maybe Oregon pulls that game out against Washington last week. Oregon's defense is just good too. Like they were putting pressure all day on Michael Penix last week. And I think that Cam Ward's going to struggle with that similar pressure on the road against this Oregon duck squad reminds me a lot of that uh, Colorado game from earlier this year for Oregon. I think they absolutely crush Washington state at home win by more than three touchdowns. I'm putting at least two units at minus 20 and a half here. Yeah. This is going to be a pissed off Oregon ducks team at home. I don't know what's happened to Washington state. Like, you go look at that score against Arizona, and it's not a fluke. It's not like Washington State was moving the ball, and then they just had a bunch of red zone turnovers, things like that. They were outgained by Jed Fish's Wildcats 516 to 234. I mean, that was a total ass beating that Washington State took to Arizona and Oregon at home, pissed off, coming off a brutal, heartbreaking loss. 
Ducks are going to steamroll Wazoo here this week. I'm taking the Ducks minus the 20 and a half. As we go to SEC country, this is this was one of the greatest games of the college football season just a year ago. Neither of these teams really where they were uh, a year ago as we've got number 17, Tennessee, visiting number 11, Alabama, Crimson Tide, nine-point favorites at home, Dan. Yeah, Tennessee's win last year was their first in this rivalry since 2006, but they haven't won in Tuscaloosa since 2003. With that being said, Alabama nearly blew an 18-point second-half lead at home against Arkansas last week, and they've failed to impress on just too many occasions this year for me. Uh, Tennessee has played only one game on the road this season, and that was the loss to Florida, where they were favored, I think, by almost a touchdown. And Joe Milton just has not been very good against SEC opponents this season, completing 59% of his passes, throwing four touchdowns to four interceptions. It sounds all too familiar for Michigan fans when they hear things like that from Joe Milton. But my problem is this game being at nine points. I feel like it's just a little bit too much. I think both of these offenses are going to struggle in this game. And Tennessee is still 2-1 and one against the spread in the SEC. So I'm going to be rolling with the Bulls plus nine on the road. Alabama wins this game, though. Vaughn, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Tennessee uh, with the nine points as well. Um, I, I'm not super confident in this one whatsoever because of what Dan was just talking about with Joe Milton on the road. We all know how much of a roller coaster that can be. Uh, so we're, we're all aware how bad he is on the road as opposed to being uh, in the friendly confines of uh, uh, the state of Tennessee uh, or wherever he ends up playing at home. But uh, Alabama, they've been really weird this season. Uh, they were favored by 11 last week against a bad, bad Arkansas team. Uh, and they only won by a field goal. So uh, I I don't know, man. I'm not super confident in this one, but I kind of lean towards what Dan was saying is I think this is going to be kind of like a rock fight back and forth. Like, you know, whoever gets to like 24 or 28 points, like that might be enough. And I don't see it being like a 24 or 28 point blowout by any means. So I'm going to roll with Tennessee to cover, but I do think Alabama ends up winning. I'm going to roll the other way here. I'm going to take the tide at home. I think this is an Alabama revenge game coming off of last year, storming the field, throwing the goalposts in the the river or whatever the hell that they do down there in Tennessee. Uh, And this Bama team has been, they've been starting to play better. I know the scores don't really show it, but you look at last week against Arkansas, that that score was a lot closer than the game ultimately was. Bama led 24 to 6 late in the third quarter. They actually outgained the Razorbacks 415 to 250. Joe Milton on the road, Bama being pissed off about what happened last year uh down there in Knoxville. I'm going to go ahead and roll uh Bama here in Tennessee, man. They gave up 6.6 yards per pass to Alabama or excuse me to uh Texas A&M last week and, and one thing about uh, th- that we know about this this offense and Jaden Milrow for Alabama, it, it's going to be either the kind of the checkdowns or the home run hits, and I think he's going to hit a lot more of the home runs here this week against his Tennessee defense. So go ahead and give me the tide, covering nine. And uh, one thing that we would like to talk about, we are excited about this next announcement. How about this? Tom Brady 
and the team at Autograph have just announced the release of a game-changing new app that recognizes Michigan fans for their acts of fandom. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to all your favorite Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines. All for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast right here. Just click the link in the description of this podcast and use our code MBREW, that's M-B-R-E-W, to download the Autograph app for free today. Let's head back out west. We've got number 14, Utah, and I think uh, USC going to be very happy to be in the friendly confines of the Coliseum after last week's shellacking in South Bend. And the Trojans, a seven-point favorite over visiting Utah, Vaughn. What a garbage game that was at Notre Dame. Holy cow. I did not expect that. I thought Notre Dame would win, but that was just a brutal showing by USC. And honestly, I'm going to roll with Utah plus seven here uh, at USC. Uh, you know, just it really just boils down to what happened last week in South Bend. I just can't trust them moving forward, especially on defense. It was just a very bad showing. I know Caleb Williams had a really down game, definitely his worst game as a college quarterback. But and I don't expect that to happen again. Uh, but you Utah has had USC's number over the last few years. They're on a three game win streak against the Trojans. I don't think it really matters that it's at USC. Uh, They've beaten them pretty much everywhere, including the Pac-12 championship game last season. So Caleb Williams, he'll definitely be looking for a bounce back this weekend. I think he'll perform a lot better uh, because it can't get much worse than it was last weekend uh, at Notre Dame. But I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Utah is going to win outright. Even with the uncertainty that they have at the quarterback position currently, they've kind of had a carousel going all season with Nate Johnson. And, you know, there's always been uh, the rumors that this will finally be the game that Cam Rising comes back from his torn ACL. Will it be this weekend? Who knows? So uh, until that, uh, I will still roll with Utah plus seven and to uh, win outright very well might bet some actual uh, Vaughn dollars on this game on DraftKings. So give me the Utes to cover. Dan, how do you see it, man? Yeah, I'm going the other way. Uh, home teams in the Pac-12, I'm going to continue to pound this because in these big games that we've covered, they're 7-0-1 against the spread. The only push there being that Washington-Oregon game we talked about last week. Uh, USC's defense is awful, but so is Utah's offense, both of the Utes quarterbacks complete less than 60% of their passes, and the Utes have only thrown for four touchdowns this season. And running the ball, they're not good either. Uh, Four yards a carry as a team, and Jalen Glover, their leading rusher, averages only 3.6 yards per carry. I understand that Utah beat USC twice last season, but that was with Cam Rising guaranteed to be playing, and Utah's offense putting up 90 points in those two games, something they're clearly not capable of doing without Cam Rising and maybe as an offensive unit overall this season. If and when USC gets a lead in this game, uh, thanks to a much improved Caleb Williams performance at home, the Trojans will win this game by at least a touchdown. I'm laying the points with USC at home. I got a minus six and a half. I still like him at seven. Anything under that touchdown or at that touchdown, I'm totally fine with riding. 
Yeah, I like the Trojans here as well. Uh, look, Utah's just not as good on the road, kind of uh, historically over the last few years, even in this run under Kyle Whittingham. Just not not nearly as good a, away from Utah. The last time we saw the Utes on the road, it was that 21-7 loss uh, to Oregon State. Uh, USC, I think they got their eyes opened a little bit against Notre Dame last week, man. They got punched in the mouth, and now they've they've kind of got rid of the shell shock a little bit. Okay, what the hell happened? And I think they're going to bounce back in the fight for the Pac-12, right? They're still undefeated in the conference, and it's a tough conference. You're still dealing with Washington and Oregon here, and you're going to have to fight, and even Utah uh, here this week. You're going to have to fight to get to that Pac-12 championship game. I think they bounce back uh, in the fight for that. They just need to not turn the ball over uh, like we saw them do a a week ago. And honestly, Dan pointed it out perfectly. Utah is not going to be able to take advantage of this USC defense on the road uh, without Cam rising in the starting lineup not nearly like a lot of other teams can so go ahead give me the trojans to cover the seven here this week as we head to the acc number 16 duke on the road to number four florida state and due to the uncertainty uh, surrounding riley leonard dan 14 and a half point favorites are the seminoles yeah it's this is a really weird game uh it's one that i'm struggling with now that it's gone over the, the that two touchdowns I got Florida State at minus 13 and a half earlier this week. And the reason for it is Duke uh, played a couple really important games at home this season. That's actually where all of them have been against NC State, Notre Dame, and Clemson. They've relied on big plays and turnovers to keep them in games this season. And they've done it against teams that don't have the firepower on offense to fight back. While Duke is 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 games, they're 0-19 all-time against Florida State. Literally have never beaten them, and they're 1-7 against the spread the last eight times they've played the Seminoles. This is their first real road test of the season, with their only other road game being against UConn. I think they're in for a rude awakening against Florida State. They're going to bury this Duke team. I liked it a lot more at 13 and a half, but I'll ride with them at 14 and a half too. I think the Knolls take care of business at home against Duke. How do you like it, Vaughn? Yeah, same. I, I got Florida State as well, and I, I got them at uh, 13 and a half too, Dan. Uh, I, I locked that in on DraftKings earlier this week, and I was really pumped about that. Riley Leonard, obviously he's been banged up. He missed last week's game against NC State. And uh, if you look at the uh, just the score of that game, you would think that Duke handled them with ease. They they really didn't. Uh, th- they were the worst winning team last week as far as net success rate goes. And like you said, Dan, they rely on the big plays and the turnovers. And they had a few of those really big plays on offense last week against NC State, which helped propel them. Uh, and, and who knows if they would have won that game had they not had they had like a 56 yard uh, passing touchdown in the game. So I, I really like Mike Elko uh, as the head coach there at Duke. But another po- great point you said, Dan, all of those games that they've had this season have been at home. This one's on the road and Florida State doesn't really turn the ball over much at all. Jordan Travis has thrown one interception this season and it came in week one. I don't think he's going to throw another pick. Uh, this week, certainly, I don't think he's going to throw another one against Duke. So I will take Florida state. And, uh, honestly, I would be comfortable taking them with another five or six or seven points, uh, to lay here. So I'll take Florida state, uh, with the 14 and a half. 
I'm rolling uh, the other way for one reason and one reason only. I saw today, uh, I think uh, Mike Elko on his, on a podcast yesterday, he said that Duke is optimistic that Riley Leonard is going to go uh, in this game. Now, if Riley Leonard doesn't play, I'm going to be far less uh, inclined to take Duke here. Uh, so I will wait in real life to see how this all shakes out. Uh, but if he goes, that's outside, um, you know, 14, outside of two touchdowns. Duke, at the end of the day, still got a really, really good defense. They come in at number 14 in defensive SP+. They haven't given up more than 21 points all season. Um, I think they can stay within the number with Riley Pl- Leonard playing. I'm still a little bit concerned about his mobility, even if he if he does get out there. But if they could just move the fall, move the ball, have some success, stay ahead of the chains. I think that this Duke offense can take advantage of the the Florida State defense here with Riley Leonard going. So I'm hoping he plays, and I'm going to go ahead and roll with the Blue Devils uh, plus the 14 and a half here. As we go to the big game in the Big Ten and big noon kickoff, number seven, Penn State visiting the shoe to take on the number three Buckeyes, Ohio State, a four and a half point favorite, Dan. Yeah, I uh, like Penn State here, plus the four and a half, to be honest with you. Nittany Lions are 7-0 and against the spread in their last seven games. 7-3 and against the spread the last 10 times they've played Ohio State. And the last two times they played the Buckeyes, excuse me, three times they played the Buckeyes where they were favored, uh, where Ohio State was favored by less than a touchdown. Ohio State won. Uh, by one point in 2018 and 2017, the year prior, 2016, Penn State actually won the game. Uh, this game is going to fall in the hands of Drew Aller. Can he be efficient enough to beat Ohio State on the road in the biggest game of his life? He has not thrown a pick yet, which is a good sign, and I think his offense will be able to move the ball on the ground specifically. That's where I think Penn State might even have an advantage here. I was looking at the stats actually right before we hopped on here, and Penn State has 27 sacks this season, and Ohio State's offensive line has not been completely sealed up so far to this point. I think that's going to be a huge advantage for the Nittany Lions. And we saw it in that Maryland game. I mean, Maryland got three sacks, kept Ohio State close. If Penn State can put pressure on Kyle McCord, I think they might have a shot to win this game even in Columbus. So I'm going to be rolling with Penn State plus four and a half. Uh, And I think I do think that Ohio State wins, uh, but not by a full touchdown. Vaughn, how do you see it, man? I might be totally duping myself this week, but I'm going to pick Ohio State to cover at home with this spread. James Franklin has only defeated Ohio State once as the head coach of the Nittany Lions, and it was a home game for them. Uh, The year that they won the Big Ten Championship game, that was all the way back in 2016. They had a relatively young team back then, had sophomores like Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley. Now they've got a young nucleus in sophomores, Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, and Drew Aller. Uh, Nitty Lions have high expectations this season. They're undefeated, obviously. They're top 10 team. Uh, but my pick for this one kind of goes back to my first point, which is Franklin has only beaten Ohio State once in his head coaching career. Uh, in these big games, he often shows his ass, quite frankly. So uh, I'm going to roll with Ohio State at home. And, uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong because I would love for nothing more than for Ryan Day and Ohio State to lose. 
uh, but I will pick them to win and to cover this game. Uh, and, and I think another key factor here is Drew Aller finally playing in a road hostile environment. His road games haven't exactly been uh, games like this at Ohio State. He's went to Northwestern. He's went to Illinois. And these aren't world beaters by any means. And honestly, he didn't play super well in those games. I question if he will play well in this game. So I will roll with the Buckeyes and hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I have no idea who is going to win this game, to be quite honest with you. I think it's it's going to be a great game, and I think a, a couple evenly matched teams. And with that, this being outside the key number of three, I'm going to grab the points with the with the Nittany Lions here. Um, I, I don't think that either team is going to have a lot of success offensively, you know, kind of down to down, right? Penn State's defense, they got dudes all over. I still don't really trust Kyle McCord, especially when he's throwing to anyone other than Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I I think that Penn State's offense they're they're a little too dink and dunk, man. They I don't I don't think they have the explosiveness uh, the, or the explosive capability to, that you need to beat this Ohio State team, right? You need to be explosive the way Michigan kind of was last year uh, in that game in Columbus to beat a Jim Knowles defense. And I don't know if Penn State has it in them, so I don't think either team is necessarily going to be very successful offensively. Uh, we've seen the total on this come down more than a few points. Uh, so I, with that totals dropping four and a half points, it's a little too, little too long for me. I'm going to roll with the Nittany lions plus the four and a half as we go to East Lansing, seven 30 kickoff number two, Michigan, a 24 and a half point favorite at Sparty here, Vaughn. Yeah, normally I would say that this game, it'll be a close one historically between Michigan and Michigan State. That's how this has went, at least over the last 10, 15-ish years. Uh, even back to 2016, when MSU had a 3-9 and nine season, they still hung around with Michigan, and that game was in East Lansing as well. This year, we are not able to say the same thing. This Michigan State team is as demoralized as they come. They have not won a game since Mel Tucker was still their head coach. They blew a lead at Iowa and lost. They blew an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter to Rutgers last week and lost. Again, an 18-point lead in the fourth freaking quarter. How do you do that? You were up by 18. You had it in the bag. They blew it. Uh, that game last week told me everything that I need to know about Michigan State this season. And on the other side, Michigan is quite honestly the polar opposite of that. Uh, we've seen Michigan blow out their last three teams. Uh, it, it, whether it's on the road or at home, it doesn't matter. Uh, this might be the biggest blowout of all of them. And uh, that's kind of saying something. I'm, I'm shocked that this line isn't just a little higher than where it's at right now. So I will roll with Michigan to win and cover the spread. Dan, how about you? Yeah, I'm rolling with Michigan, too. Um, I have a sense this game goes a little bit differently than last year. Jake Moody had those five field goals that pretty much carried Michigan in that contest. It was a push in terms of the spread. Uh, but this Michigan State team is super comparable to Nebraska per S&P+. Michigan State has the number 86 offense, the number 26 defense, number 55 overall Nebraska, 87 on offense, 21 on defense, 53 overall. And just three weeks ago, Michigan beat Nebraska on the road by 38 points, and the starters were out by the end of the third quarter. I think this game goes pretty similarly. Michigan comes in with the vengeance from what happened in the tunnel last year, and they win this game huge against the Spartans in East Lansing. 
Yeah, call me traumatized, but I'm going to roll with the Spartan side here, and I'm going to I'm going to grab the points at plus twenty four and a half. It's just a huge number. It's a night game at Michigan State. I see they're wearing their 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 black uniforms, and look at the end of the day, man, this is going to be Michigan State season, right? They're they're probably not going to a bowl game. They are going to put everything that they have into this game. They're they're going to empty the entire bag here this week. They always seem to stay within the number, I feel like, uh, against Michigan. You, you mentioned last year. Um, they, they tighten up. That defense actually is is a lot better than, you know, the, than their record shows. As you mentioned, a top 30 defense per SP+. Plus. Um, I think if if Michigan is up big, they're going to pull the starters. I think that'll that's going to allow for Michigan State maybe for a little backdoor cover action if it, if it's outside this number right here. I I just think that Michigan State's going to find the, a way to stay within the number and make it just a little bit more pesky uh, than than what Michigan is used to the last couple of weeks here. So I'm going to roll with uh, the Spartans plus the 24 and a half. So Wisconsin they lost to Iowa last week, just a horrendous performance. I've got zero faith in Luke Fickle moving forward. They should fire his ass. Uh, but Penn State they come up with a a big win yesterday. You guys. Still rolling in the Eliminator. Who are you rolling with here this week, Dan? Yeah, I got Nebraska over Northwestern. Uh, just the one that I feel most comfortable with. I know Northwestern uh, robbed Minnesota of a win a couple weeks ago. That was pretty fluky in my opinion. I think Nebraska shored things up enough to beat the worst team in the Big Ten and the Wildcats, so I'm riding with the Huskers. How about you, Vaughn? That, that was my pick, too. I'm going with Nebraska. I thought about Michigan for a second, but I kind of want to keep them in the back pocket for a couple more games. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nebraska at home should be able to beat Northwestern. Northwestern barely beat Howard at home a couple weeks back. So if Nebraska doesn't win this game, nothing makes sense. And this is just going to be a totally weird <laughs> Big Ten West te- uh, game that uh, we should have seen coming from the start. So I'll roll with Nebraska reluctantly and hope they win. All righty, that's going to wrap it up for us on this week's Pick'em Pod from the Block M Podcast Network. Before we go, Dan, I'll let you know where the, the folks can find you on social media. Yeah, at Dan Plucker on Twitter, that's P-L-O-C-H-E-R, or at D Plucker on the Action Network if you want to follow me there too. How about you, Vaughn? Yep, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Subscribe, rate, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check the description uh, for the Autograph app. Go check what that's all about here as well. Check out all the great shows we have on the network as we wrap up this week's Pick'em Pod for Week 8 of the college football season. Go enjoy the game. Should be a fun one. For my partners, Von Lozon and Dan Plucker, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week.